0: And hello, and welcome to the latest Guernsey Green Finance podcast. Guernsey is a jurisdiction that's made a strategic commitment to green and sustainable finance. We're members of several UNEP initiatives, and we like to consider ourselves at the forefront of the development of green finance. And as part of that, we have this Guernsey Green Podcast series where we speak to various leading figures from the industry globally. And I'm delighted today uh, to be joined by uh, Richard Betts from uh, based in Istanbul, Sustainability Director at KPNG. And
1: uh, good morning to you, Richard. How are you? Good morning, Andy. Um, I'm very well, thank you. Um, how are you doing?
0: I'm very well. One thing is, good. it's a very good point, though. I didn't actually introduce myself, <laughs> did I? Yeah, my name's Andy yeah. Stern. I'm Deputy Chief Executive at Going Finance here, yeah. uh, and I lead our Green Finance Initiative. So, welcome to the podcast, Richard. Um, One of the most interesting themes for me that's arisen from this podcast series is the commonality of, of, of history of, uh, that I have with the interviewees. There's, there's usually mm-hmm. something where paths have been or serendipitously aligned in the past, and I think it's always nice to know a little bit about pe- people's personal motivations. Um, and, and aside mm-hmm. from the fact that we both uh, both went to uh, from the right end, we're at Cambridge University, mm-hmm. um, perhaps we've got something else in common, but unless, I, unless you tell me a bit more about yourself, I wouldn't know. So perhaps maybe just a, a little introduction about how you got into sustainability. See.
1: Sure Andy, yeah. well I'm really intrigued um, <laughs> by your opening um, and uh, many thanks for, for having me uh, on, on the podcast. Um, so sure let me um, quickly introduce myself then. Um, so yeah R- Richard, Sustainability Services Director based in Istanbul and uh, now um, I've been with the Big Four um, for about 15 years. Um, I worked for KPMG in London um, for a lot of years um, and then we relocated to Istanbul uh, seven years ago. Before starting with the big four, I studied uh, geography, geology at uh, uh, undergrad and, and master's, the master's uh, being at Cambridge. And uh, a lot of the focus was on uh, sort of, you know, the, the physical geography side of things. And there was a lot of focus on on climate change, mainly looking at um, past uh, events of, of global warming uh, in the Earth's uh, geological history, um, and looking at how the the Earth had responded in terms of not not just the temperature response, but also the impacts uh, on uh, on different uh, biomes, on the fauna and flora, and then sort of using you know the, the past uh, evidence um, as a as a proxy to um, uh, estimate future impacts uh, with with future. Uh, global warming linked to human activity.
0: Oh that's interesting stuff. I mean um that, that future impact uh, you know it's uh, you, it, 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 it's sort of accepted now isn't it but as a scientist in a, you know with some of the background it must have been so maybe was it was it a frustration watching the you know the, the general public take so long to catch up to to some of these issues
1: in some ways um I mean I, I studied um I mean I suppose I really got into it because it, because of personal interest uh it was it was a subject I was I was really interested in um and, and that's why I then did a master's and I was also planning to, to, do, a, to do a PhD and then, then I realized that I wasn't really sort of cut out for laboratory work and so sort of, I didn't want to spend my my days uh, stuck in a in a lab um, so i had a change of course at that point but but you know this was 15 20 years ago and and back then there were far fewer people working uh, in this area in sustainability climate change which is hence why i, I then moved um, to the big four but not mm. to not initially to sustainability to to climate change but but i think yes for for, for many people and, and companies back then um, it all seemed um to be such a sort of distant issue um, that a lot of people couldn't really um, connect with it because it seemed to be uh, as if we were talking about problems that we'd have to face uh, many decades uh, from now and, and I guess that's been the, the major change in the last couple of years with people realizing that um, that actually uh, it's a problem now um, and we're seeing the, uh, the manifestations of, of global warming in lots of different places and, and this is I would say uh, accelerating the momentum uh, for change.
0: Mm. I mean, that's you know the old um, that's Kearney's tragedy of the horizons issue, isn't it? Yeah, people unable mm-hmm. to see that far into the future. <laughs> and actually, talking talk about the the fact that there weren't the roles back then, and, but but now, if you if you look now, um, it's almost like I can't move uh, on LinkedIn for you know coming across somebody working in sustainability. But it's mm-hmm. you know it's almost like everyone's um, sort of working in this field now in terms of professional uh, sort of services and that obviously you work at KPMG but it's fascinating that you're you're based in Turkey uh we're speaking to you from, or we're speaking to you in Istanbul so uh-huh. could you maybe give us a little bit of a flavor of your international responsibilities um, within within the organization you know and some of the the national
1: roles that you have yes yeah, sure so so at so KPMG then, um, well, firstly, I'm in charge of our sustainability services uh, here in Turkey from a commercial and, and technical perspective. Throughout my, my career in sustainability, um, I've also had a lot of um, international uh, experience and, and responsibility. So, I, you know, I've led uh, sustainability engagements in, in over 20 countries uh, across Europe and Asia. I've spent a lot of time in, in the Middle East, Central Asia... Um, throughout Europe, and, you know, obviously, the, the nature of sustainability, you know, these, 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 these are often global issues requiring global solutions, and, and so we do tend to work uh, uh, cross-border a lot, uh, and, and then also, I mean, yes, things are changing, but, uh, but certainly in the early years, um, there, there wasn't, there, we didn't have um, uh, sort of core teams focusing on this area in, all, in every country, and, and so I, um, you know, I've also su- supported a lot of uh, teams and clients in, in other countries um, for that reason. Um, then I also lead on our internal uh, sustainability uh, initiatives here in Turkey. I've also started some uh, some international initiatives. Um, so uh, uh, I started a climate warrior network uh, within KPMG, uh, initially in turkey um uh, then we went international we've had uh, a lot of colleagues from other european countries from the uk um India. Uh, uh, just yeah.
0: quickly did you say warrior or worrier climate warrior okay because i mean you can do Not, climate... no no worry
1: <laughs> no that's uh no that's that's a good clarification yeah so this is <laughs> this is for climate climate warriors And we've been been raising awareness and funds for charities that are active in the uh, fight against climate change and uh, the biodiversity crisis. Um, So far, we've raised uh, enough funds to secure protection for around uh, 12,000 acres of of rainforest uh, and to lock in around uh, 2 million. from, From Turkey, you mean? Um, so, so in the network now, we have uh, a lot of people in Turkey from our CEO um, down to assistant um, from different service lines. Uh, we've also had um, events in the Netherlands, the UK. Um, we have people that are supporting us from yeah, several other European countries, uh, India, uh, amongst other places. Um, oh, so awesome. we've, yeah, we've, had, we've had a series of events to, to raise uh, uh, awareness and, and funds and uh, secured enough for 12,000 acres and to lock in 2 million tons of, of carbon, uh, mm. against the latest estimates. Obviously, we've, we've had to improvise a lot recently due to all of the lockdown restrictions. So there have been a lot of uh, virtual um, events and people doing sport from the house. I ran uh, an Istanbul half marathon from our basement because... Uh, uh, the official event the official event was postponed uh, due to covid so so these kind of things um so there's yeah. there's that as was well it online <laughs> um i should have <laughs> I, I didn't have very good signal in the uh, in the basement so uh, i could only send photos uh, photos up, photos up as, um <laughs> So there's that as well, and uh, and then also um, two months ago uh, was the 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 launch the launch the official launch of uh, uh, the Task Force for Nature TNFD. Mm. Um, KPMG is one of the um, initial uh, organisations to have joined, and uh, I'm one of KPMG's representatives on this new global initiative.
0: Uh, that's 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 interesting to know. I mean, um, it came up at our u uh, n s 4 sagm a few weeks back where we were discussing it, and obviously with the Green Horizon Summit last week, with the UK sort of wanting to put it sort of one of its key five pillars or strands or, or whatever you want to call it. Um, it seems to be a bit of an acronym soup, you know, the uh, mm-hmm. uh, the sustainable finance space. Um could you explain to listeners what the, you know, with the listeners between the difference between TNFD and TCFD and, and what is this sort of, this new development and how will it work? What's the overlap? You know, just, just describe a little bit more detail about what, what this is all about. I mean, you mentioned biodiversity, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, just a bit more
1: would be really, really helpful. Yes, sure. Yes. And there certainly are a lot of acronyms uh, in this area. That's, <laughs> that's true. Um, so so, TCFD um, is the Task Force on Climate-Related Financial Disclosures. Mm-hmm. Um, that was created about five years ago, and uh, the basic idea there was to uh, to develop a consistent set of climate-related financial risk disclosures um, for use by companies, investors, in their, you know, for their for their transition to a uh to uh, a low carbon economy help them to assess yeah. the risks and opportunities around climate change and to uh, move to move their companies towards uh, net zero and uh, that's uh that's become that that's gained a lot of momentum uh recently so uh, a lot of the big uh, biggest companies institutional investors around the world are are supporting tcfd um it's being it's being mandated in in New Zealand. uh It'll soon be mandated in in the UK for for big listed companies. So TCFD has really built up um, a lot of momentum, uh, acceptance in a relatively short space of time. Um, and so, inspired by the success of, of TCFD, um, there was there there was a desire to do something similar f- for nature. Um, mm-hmm. And and so recently we've had the launch of, of, of the process to start a, a TNFD a tassels for for nature uh, related financial disclosures um, so TCFD has has been you know the, the process was completed the, the recommendations were published a lot, a lot of companies hundreds over a thousand actually companies globally uh, are already trying to align their uh, their businesses with the TCFD uh, climate recommendations um, mm-hmm. with nature, we're at the start um so the, the process has started um right now we're in the initial scoping phase um and uh around 70 uh, member organizations have joined now um over 40 banks so the ifis World bank um, ebrd also global banks a handful of uh, uh, governments, the UK government, the French, the Dutch governments, for example, um, leading NGOs, and then a handful of um, companies from other sectors, which includes uh, KPMG. Um, so a working group has been assembled to help develop the uh, the TNFD uh, framework. Um, right now we're in the scoping phase, uh, which is going to take the next four or five months. The, the goal is to... Um, have completed this uh, by the spring. So at the moment, um, we're we're, we're uh, discussing the, uh, you know, the sort of, of you know, the scope of the TNFD, um, where you know, where 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 the uh, the parameters are going to be uh, drawn hmm. in, in terms of what can be covered, and not covered, and then there'll be a two-year process to develop the TNFD framework. Um, So the goal is it will be uh, published in 2023.
0: I suppose it's going to be interesting to watch. Um, Obviously, with with TCFD, climate-related, you've got climate change is a big overbearing risk, as it were, and TCFD was governance, strategy, risk management, and metrics and targets, all related to disclosure about financial assets and and the risks from climate change. It's going to be quite an interesting Narrative, I suppose, or want of be a better word, about how nature or, or natural capital will relate to the, the risks, how you transpose the risks of, of change there into the impact on financial assets. That's a it's an, it's an immense it's an immense challenge. I thought, you know. Um, going forward it's going to require a a, a huge degree of gray matter and and cerebral input I just thought
1: yes yes it it, it certainly is a a very uh, complex uh, uh, issue and uh, in terms of natural capital you know obviously there are many uh, different uh, issues uh, impacts that that should be considered and uh, you know there's Far more diversity of issues, really, than in terms of climate change. So it isn't a coincidence, really, that uh, things started first with a, a climate framework. So you know, national capital is, is is a lot more varied, and the key issues can and do vary enormously um, geographically and at the the micro level. So um, it is going to be very challenging to um, uh, to do this, but. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, influential reports out recently, which have highlighted just how critical the uh, uh, the, bi- the risks connected to uh, biodiversity and natural capital are. Um, so it's certainly a huge challenge, but it's also it's, it's also clear that uh, uh, you know we cannot overlook uh, these issues. Um, we really need to focus on uh, on this um, at the same time as as we need to. Uh, uh, focus on, on climate change and on COVID-19, mm. you know, these are all huge uh, systemic uh, uh, issues.
0: Mm. I said, it's going to be fascinating to see how that that gets quantified. I should watch it with interest. But you mentioned just then, actually, you know, all these big global initiatives, you know, ultimately end up being implemented at the mi- micro level and actually coming down to, what I, saying, I wouldn't call Turkey micro a, a micro state, but, you know, coming down mm. to that sort of more uh, so, uh, the, 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 on the ground level, in terms of where you're sat in Istanbul, to in, to, in Turkey today, in terms of sustainable finance, the NG, particularly uniquely in the local flavour, what's what's driving it in Turkey? You know, in terms of demand, you know, who's driving it? Is it investors? What sort of conversation are your clients having um, right here, right now?
1: You know, in, in this mm-hmm.
0: space, I assume it's same but different uh, to, to what's going on over in uh, say, uh, say, so Blighty this morning.
1: I think there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of uh, similarities, um, and obviously um, there are a lot of there have been a lot of important uh, international initiatives um, around sustainability, from the Paris Agreement to the UN SDGs, um, and many other examples. And and, and, and these uh, impact uh, countries and companies everywhere. Um, so yes, there are parallels. Um, there are one, one or two important differences, I think, which I'll, which I'll come on to. Um, but um, certainly, certainly, investor-driven initiatives have been very influential uh, in Turkey. There's, um, for example, the uh, the local stock exchange, um, the Borsa Istanbul, um, established a uh, a separate sustainability index uh, several years ago, um, and uh, the largest. Turkish listed companies uh, are invited to to, uh, to join the index, um, you know, to sort of reach the, the necessary uh, standard um, to get onto the index, and uh, um, so so that uh, that's uh, that helps to sort of raise a significant interest and awareness. And, uh, and then other uh, important initiatives here have included uh, CDP, which launched in Turkey about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the largest Turkish companies, mainly listed Turkish companies, now respond to The CDP climate and and water uh, programs. Um, For for, for our listeners, maybe
0: you could uh, just uh, explain the acronym.
1: Sure. Yeah. So CDP um, it initially stood for uh, the Carbon Disclosure uh, Project. Um, The initial focus was on climate change, and uh, largest the largest listed companies were invited to report on their on their climate change performance and impacts, their carbon emissions, uh, these kind of things. Um, Then in more recent years, CDCDP has started other important programs, other programs such as around water uh, management and reporting, supply chain, uh, forestry, cities. So it's it's no longer exclusively around carbon and and climate change, Mm. but it has uh, several very high-profile, programs around key environmental uh, issues uh, and this is very well established now uh, in turkey at least with the largest uh, um companies um, and then turkey uh, officially is an eu uh, candidate country mm-hmm. um it has opened the environmental chapter and so a lot of eu directives tend to get uh, transposed into, into turkey as well in in uh, not not in exactly the same way that we see in uh, EU member states, but nevertheless, um, we have seen several uh, EU, s- several new um, legislations that have been that have been brought into force in Turkey in, in in recent years that have really sort of been inspired by EU legislation. So, for example, there's been one around uh, electronic waste, uh, we legislation. Um, there's a an MRV legislation, Mm -hmm. monitoring, reporting, verification legislation, which uh, was very similar to the the first phase of the EU ETS. Um, So that's a couple of examples. And, and, you know, the EU is a very important trading block for for Turkey. Um, A lot of Turkey's trade is with the EU. Um, So the leading uh, companies here, they do pay a lot of attention to um, to what's happening in, in Europe. And so they like to, yes, follow leading leading practices uh, in Europe and see there's an opportunity to sort of gain access to to new markets, to uh, maintain access to those markets okay um, yeah these kind of reasons
0: And yeah. uh, i to jump in sorry because you mentioned the eu and uh, standards as such and obviously one of the big things was there's various announcements from the uk government last week and one of them was about the the uk's implementation of a uk green taxonomy which would you know, bear reference to the eu taxonomy but you know might differ in uh, in time with the passage of time etc etc and john glenn in the uk had had sort of uh, flagged that that was coming so six months ago yeah. obviously it's a big conversation over here at the moment you know uh, between the uk and the eu in this demand for standardization with the sustainable finance space you've got two bodies there um which are having the same conversation in parallel in terms of where turkey is do you think it'd be looking towards the EU, or maybe more look closer to home from like a Middle East type standards, or maybe looking at international standards? What's the perspective on this particular uh, debate uh, coming from Istanbul?
1: Well, I think um, in a way there is a parallel between Turkey and the UK in terms of how, due to our our history, you know, I think both both countries sort of sit on the middle of, you know, sort of different spheres of influence. So like in, you know, in the case of the UK, part of the UK tends to look to, the, to mainland Europe, and another part of the UK tends to look to the Anglosphere, and, and the US, for example, um, and with Turkey, part of the country tends to look to to mainland Europe, um, and another part of the country tends to look to uh, the Middle East. Um, I do
0: appreciate that.
1: Yeah, so it's, it's sort of there are both, both influences, I think, uh, are important. Um, In terms of standardisation, I I think within within sustainability, you know, yes, there is a a huge move towards uh, standardisation in a lot of areas, such as with reporting. Also, in terms of sustainable financing, Um, in terms of so in Turkey, uh, we've seen uh, the launch of a few um, green products uh, in the last few years. Mm -hmm. Um, So there haven't been that many yet. Um, So we don't have such a large population to consider when when we're thinking of standardization. But uh, four of the main banks here have launched uh, uh, sustainable-type bonds, sustainable or social bonds. Uh, We've had a couple of uh, uh, green loans uh, recently. Um, We've also had a first uh, green sukuk uh, that was launched uh, this year, Islamic finance, Sharia-compliant Islamic financing. Um, so maybe that's a, so. We've, there's been an example, if you like, of a green product that really was inspired mm-hmm. by sort of what was what was happening in uh, the Middle East. The first green sukuks were launched in sort of Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, also Indonesia, and Malaysia, and then in Turkey uh, this year. And then in terms of the green bonds, those ones they followed. Um, the green bond principles, and, you know, they were, obviously that's more of a sort of, if you like, a Western influence, uh, I guess. So I, I guess there's, uh, you know, we can see both both examples where sort of practices in Turkey are, are inspired by uh, both what happens in Europe and also what happens in the Middle East. And you you,
0: you mentioned a raft of different types of uh, products there, green products there, and yeah. is, 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 is investor demand that's driving that, or um, how what's the, and you mentioned... Um, Big, the big firms listing with it following the CBP requirements previously. Isn't investor-driven in movement, I suppose?
1: Yes. Yes, it is. Um, I, I think companies are also very interested in, You know, Turkish companies are also very certainly interested in how they might be able to access new sources of finance. I, and I imagine companies everywhere... Uh, <laughs> Would be interested in that, especially in these sort of COVID, in these COVID times. So I think that's also an important point.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, appreciative of time, Rich, I mean, so these these sort of things happen mm-hmm. so quickly. I realise you know where, where we are. So I just want to come back to one final area um, of questioning. Um... Well, to, to close off with one final question, which is a bit of a jump now, moving from green bonds and finance in Turkey and, and climate finance to a, a back to a more of a global picture and something that KPMG itself has been involved in. Um, we did a webinar back in oh, September now for the New York Climate Week, and Gillian was very excited about uh, uh, a development that she just been reporting on. It was just announced that week, um, talking about the the, um, the big four coming together to look to, to try to drive standardisation for ESG reporting. Do you, have you got a view? I'm not sure if you're going to have a positive view working for KPMG, but maybe a quick uh, a tee up to what this might mean for investors or uh, the sustainable finance space. This this initiative.
1: So there is a big move towards um, standardisation um, in terms of sustainability, in, in terms of sustainability reporting as well. Um, one recent example has been um, that uh, about a month ago. Um, the World economic Forum uh, white paper was released around core metrics and that, that white paper was uh, co-authored with the big four so so that's that's a new report um, and uh, uh, it's been getting a lot of um, a lot of interest um, and essentially it's, uh, um, it lists a set of around 20 uh, core metrics um, that it recommends all companies um, should report on and uh, there, there are core metrics around uh, governance um, disclosures, uh, environmental issues in, in, the, in the planet um, area, people uh, disclosures and, and uh, prosperity. So there, there's, there's around 20 um, core metrics split into four uh, main themes. Uh, and, and the idea is that uh, that, that, that all companies uh, are recommended to report on these um, on these disclosures.
0: And have you found it's part of the conversation locally in Turkey? Is you know, in terms of people sat up and said, "Yeah, that's a good initiative."
1: Yeah, yes, for sure. So um, it, it it is getting a lot of interest also at the local level, um, and I, and I think you know, when we when we think of um, the the whole area of sustainability reporting, um, it's an area that's been uh, evolving rapidly. Um, there, there's a lot of different standards and guidelines uh, that have been published. Um, uh, you know, most companies have been using the GRI standards, um, and uh, you know, with GRI, there's there's like the mandatory set of general disclosures that all companies um, should report on. The ones that sort of set out, like, uh, set the context for what the organisation does, what its operations are, um, and then when it moves to the specific um, sort of subject matter areas, th- they're all driven by what's material. Uh, to the business and its stakeholders so so what we see with 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 the West white paper is actually a list of of 20 around 20 core metrics that every company uh, should report on Um, the idea being that you know there are certain subjects like like climate change um, Mm. which are material to all businesses everywhere and hence um, the argument being that uh, you know these topics are Important for all companies, so all companies should be reporting on on these areas. So, so I, I think I think it's a you know it's a it's it's a welcome addition uh, to the you know the uh, all the, the discussions around uh, uh, non-financial reporting. Um, I mean, obviously, the idea isn't that companies would would limit their reporting just to these twenty KPIs. Um, you know, they should be they should be addressed uh, as part of a larger exercise so by using gri standards to develop a sustainability report but which included um these these core disclosures i think that that's that's where it can really add value where it just where it then helps to sort of standardize the disclosures in in these areas that are of uh, importance to all companies everywhere.
0: Interesting. Thank you. I mean, Richard, I mean, the reason why I asked that is I think it's a good place to end on because in terms of, for me as a summary, I think it's been an incredible podcast uh, today. We've, I think what we've just demonstrated... Is just the, 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 the sheer breadth of the sustainability agenda. We've gone from uh, talking about TNFD to the, the ESG standardization through the, the big four, through the green finance, the Islamic finance, and the parallels um, that there are in the, in the different geographies, but also the differences too. Um, that's really, you know, for me, that was, uh, I think that was my, my personal takeaway from the, uh, the last 30 minutes speaking to you this morning. I'd just like to thank you again, Richard. Uh, for your time and your insights, it was it was really great. I'm sure we'll, we'll be able to sort of touch base and, and keep in contact and speak again. Good luck on the TNFD. Uh, we shall be following that with absolute interest. For those listening, we do have a, a, a quite a back catalogue now of interviews and panel discussions on the Guernsey Green Finance podcast site. You can check them out by searching for Guernsey Green Finance wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us at GuernseyGreenFinance.org and we are Guernsey.com. Interact with us on Twitter at GSY Green Finance and. At at we are Guernsey, and we have links to Richard Good's and KPMG's social media in our show notes today. So do check these out to hear more from Richard. I'll be back soon uh, with another edition of Guernsey Green Finance Podcast. And just to say, thank you very much once again, Richard. Take care now.
1: Many thanks, Andy. Been a pleasure.